You're about to listen to a conversation with Zoe Freeze and me, Maddie Miles. This chat is part of a larger visual project of Zoe's incredible artwork. If you'd like to see their work, head over to the artist profile page on our website, siblingcollaborative.co.uk, and click on Existential Rummage. But otherwise, stick around and enjoy this conversation. We talk about the complexities and frustrations with being an artist, the never-ending unfinishedness of a creative process, and the role that mental health plays in that. We also talk about tattoos and bodies in relation to gender queering. These topics are so important and we recognize that they can be sensitive. So look after yourself and tune in if it feels right for you. So welcome, Zoe. Thank you for being our first guest, first of all. My pleasure, I'm so honored. You've been like um, a guinea pig of sorts so far for sibling. We've created our first artist profile with you, which we're really excited about. And then this is going to be a little additional extended version of the soundscape that we have going on over there. Thank you for being here. I've known you for 10 years. I'm excited to talk to you today because I just, I've always told you, I really admire your your thinking and your perspective on life. And you've always taught me so much. Um, and you also happen to be an incredible artist. How does that sit with you being called an artist? It's definitely not something I would have used for myself, like I'd say a year or two ago. Um, I think even now when people call me artists, I have a little moment of like, oh, but if they knew <laughs> that I'm actually not. <laughs> um, like, you know, this impostery feeling. Um, yeah, and I think if anything, that's always just worth inspecting, you know, because like I don't define artistry or being an artist uh, off of um, like what you make money off of and what you've you know put blood sweat and tears in to become or this like you know this very yeah societal understanding of success i think i can now confidently call myself an artist because art helps me to exist as the human that i am and it helps me to survive and like that's what you know that's what it is um it's a part of me so that's it you know that's so true it's just constantly creating and having to almost expel certain things I feel like that's definitely part of the process is having if even if it's this excess energy or these thoughts or whatever it's like I have to get it out that's a part of me and totally it's, a, it's an extra limb for sure the value we both share is a lot about that process once you put something like a finished product out into the world the joy that you derive from that is often for me at least is about validation and affirmation but actually within the process itself it's like this layering and development totally yeah when the focus is on the actual creative process which is something that i have to remind myself of so often um and i guess this idea of being an artist and this desire that i have to identify with a thing and to identify with an image or to identify even just with like a something that people can perceive me as and that also gives me a certain kind of like dopamine kick oftentimes you can get really carried away in that i get very carried away in that um and oftentimes then realize how short lasting that feeling is and how irrelevant it actually is and you know the desire to be recognized and seen is is valid and and okay but i think that 
mm, making a creative process or like a practice almost as a part of your daily rituals if you can um which i definitely like um have a privilege to be able to do um is really what art is about you know and it's a really interesting and humbling pra- practice to take away from the idea of uh, presenting and the idea of yeah. making things for presentation. Yeah, that whole thing of like dopamine and like that that state of being, it reminds me of like the idea of flow state, which is this like weird state of consciousness where it's almost like nothing else matters and you have this like intense concentration and you lose all sense of time and like you just have no capacity to direct any attention Mm. to any other problems Mm. um and you lose yourself in it and it's like and this time becomes distorted and it's just it's such an incredible feeling but you're so right it's it's not really long lasting it's addictive as hell though (laughs) it's addictive so that's what hyperfixation sounds like to me you know um and i think that it's exhausting and it's not sustainable. Right. And I often think that this hyperfixation with the with the product or with the end result is is often what my body needs in order to get somewhere, you know. So I'll like over identify with the finishing of a project um, so that my body can like build up the energy to actually finish it. But I never end up finishing it because it just I completely exhaust all my resources um, by the time I'm, like, halfway there, and I've had, like, two existential crises, um, <laughs> you know, so it's really interesting, uh, and I've recognized now that I can come back to things, so I'd rather have, like, a circle of creative tasks surrounding me at all times that I can kind of, like, pivot around and pick and go back to, um, because I believe that, I, I, I obviously have an internalized belief that you know, not finishing something is a product of my lack of discipline or a product of my lack of talent or a product of my lack of whatever, you know. And I think that that whole idea is really is very deeply rooted in my in my self-perception. And so, you know, when I take on big tasks, it's almost as if I'm I'm preparing myself to fail um, and or to fail in the with the air quotes, you know. Um, and so I, I definitely have tried to kind of hug that idea and, and be really happy about not finishing things. So like headless bodies or like bodiless heads or, you know, faces with like only one eye because I don't want to finish. Like I'm scared of that finishing. And yeah, I'd rather just like accept the fact that I find it difficult to complete a task and and allow myself to come back to it and not feel like I've I've ended it just because I haven't completed it in that moment. A lot of your work is, I see like this pattern or this theme of, you know, these figures, no head, these heads, no bodies, no limbs. Um, it's interesting that you categorize that within your your unfinishedness because they seem so complete and they seem to have such like a strong character to them. What is your um, relationship to those figures that you create and the fact that they like come up for you over and over again who are they to you Mm, well first like in connection to what we were talking about before they were done quickly like when i because i haven't been drawing those figures uh, the way that they are for a long time now like those are the ones that you know i've given to you um are definitely like from a year or two ago and um 
that was a whole ca capsule in and of itself. I had a lot of sketchbooks at the time and uh, was sketching and doing sketchbook stuff like on a daily basis. And I had like a whole pencil case full of like, like one euro markers that I got and pencils and color pencils and would just like use as much color in as little time as possible and just like blurt it all out you know and just really get get obsessed with being really quick and and shabby and you know so those bodies were definitely me learning how to not be so attached to like the specifics and to just like draw um, my feelings and draw my discomfort and the first time I drew that body was actually in like an art class where I wasn't listening to what was going on and I just drew it and you know that's where a lot of like my favorite drawings actually come from is when I'm like avoiding my attention span and yeah so that's the first thing and now what they've turned into and I could understand in retrospect that that was me drawing not only like learning about a different way to accommodating to my like uh i guess attention span needs when i'm drawing but also i know now or i guess i can i can say now that that was an expression of body discomfort and that you know those bodies were just a very like accurate depiction at the time of like how weird it felt for me to take up space in my physical form and um I don't necessarily exclusively say that it's body dysphoria, although I definitely now think that it is, but I think at the time I just felt so like so uncomfortable with existing physically um in so many different ways and um yeah, that's what they mean to me honestly and and I and I like to just think that all those little discomfort demons just went off on their own little tangents and had their own little parties on my pages and like in my sketchbooks you know and they turn into something really light and whimsical which is really nice um in retrospect i'm like looking back at like zoe two years ago and i'm like wow you <laughs> you know like you poor soul but then again like they've turned into something really cute and now they're taking on a very different form and turning more into like tattoos and into less surreal weird goobly bodies and into a little bit more like anatomical right i think you know obviously i'm i'm seeing them now in this like context of you in the present um but i think that's why it's such an interesting perspective to look back on it and know the context of where you were at because it seems amazing to me that even though you were in that state of discomfort and transition you still somehow subconsciously somewhere were able to like almost transmute that dysphoria into euphoria which is what I see when I see these like soft wiggly you know kind of chubby awkward like long-limbed yeah. beings like they are just so yeah totally. yeah they just they totally. do take up space and they do exist and I just I think that that's really amazing that's like the power of of creativity and imagination is being like okay how could I feel So you mentioned tattooing um, and I'd love to talk yeah about these like new more recent passion projects of yours and like however that looks in your day-to-day -day life. Emphasis on passion projects yeah I think that um, I'm at a point right now where I'm able to be a lot more realistic with the way that my interests and my 
energy looks to like anybody who's ever going to listen to this like fully 100% access to therapy is you know like for me personally essential to the fact that I can go about my day now and and go through the ebbs and flows and it, it I would definitely not say that it's um there's no such thing as a cure there's just you know um being able to be there for and with yourself and so this is really reflected in my art and in my passion projects because now I don't identify with my excitements anymore like I don't you know I'm not attached to the things that I'm excited about in the same way so like my passion projects would include like tattooing at the moment bread making cooking um mostly those things at the moment and I allow myself to be like, well, I'm going to be a chef and I'm going to be a baker and I'm going to be a tattoo artist and I'm going to like dream and fantasize about what my life is going to look like if that falls follows through. And I just allow myself to have like a week of like a dopamine rush from these things. And, you know, because I really thrive off of like newness and change and shifts and stuff. And so I try to I try to allow myself to have that without being like and make jokes about it, you know, be like, well, this week, you know, I'm, I'm on to this thing and let's see if it let's see if it actually happens you know so 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 what i'm hearing you say a little bit and on the therapy piece and like mental health is is it that having that support and that space for you to delve into your personal shit does that take out the judgment a little bit of like when you're in these these like moments of like joy and euphoria and excitement that you're just like i'm not going to I'm not going to criticize myself for whether I do or don't complete again, finish this dream of mine kind of thing. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's it. Like I don't judge myself. I think for me, oftentimes depression felt like I just needed, I, I had this like very glorified idea of something that would come to me and change my state of being like, be that somebody like kicks me in the ass or, uh, a true passion like arrives on my doorstep and then it's all solved you know like so I think therapy has given me uh, a more realistic set of ideals in that um, I just don't have the same kind of expectations of things anymore or like of myself and I'm a lot kinder um, to myself um, so I just don't overblow things and I know exactly what things that I have as rituals that I need to commit to for the sake of committing to something and I know what things I can have like on the side to experience a dopamine rush and if they stick around long enough maybe they'll become a part of my rituals you know I mean everything that you're saying is so it just really reveals like the correlation that creativity for me has as well with that Mm. inner child of just nurturing that nurturing the innocence and the flittiness and the anxiety and naivety and like all of these different things which exist in all of us like that for me has been the most healing part about you know not necessarily becoming comfortable with the idea of being an artist but of accepting the fact that I am innately creative and and I have the totally innate power to transform Mm -hmm. and that's so that's what tattooing feels like right now because I got really obsessed really quickly. I'm amidst, uh, yeah, shifting like things that I've drawn onto paper into like being able to tattoo onto bodies. And I think that tattooing is a really valuable transformation art form. And 
I mean, in the beginning, I was I was thinking about only tattooing these bodies onto people who are like gender dissident or you know, um, just on the spectrum of of gender fucking or gender variance or whatever. Um, and I think now I've kind of I've changed that perspective a little bit. But I like the idea that these bodies and this expression of yeah transformation and discomfort can can live then on somebody else's body. Yeah, like hormone therapy transitioning in this like very binary world is really uncomfortable, you know. And so tattoos can be like a much more artful and fruitful way of 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 uh, shifting the outer layer of your body into something that you appreciate more aesthetically, which is cool. Yeah, fi- it seems to be like finding different ways to identify more with your body in a way that feels like I chose this for myself. Yeah, that's really beautiful, and I love that you're able to share your creations and you know your ideas about you know transition and wobbliness and taking up space and somebody else is inviting them into their world and being like oh I actually really resonate with this so yeah so we'll just round up by talking about this this latest collaboration of ours which the first one was actually a playlist and I was joking about this to Mia that she never realized that the three of us were all on my journaling playlist together and I was like yes this is our first collaboration um yeah this most recent one this one that has definitely been like the one with most intention and like process has just been um amazing because you are the perfect person to be featured as our first ever artist where we're basically artist profiles for context are a collection of an artist's body of work Um, that also acts more like a personalized scrapbook that sort of documents a certain theme or aesthetic. Um, It's really about process, always returning to that. So um, we include inspirations in there, maybe, you know, playlists. It's kind of just creating a sensory experience of what it would be like to walk into that artist's brain or bedroom um, and getting a real sense for them. And I've loved working with you on this because... I feel like we're definitely building a world together. Um, so I was wondering what your experience has been on the other side of this. Well, um, I think it's been a really cute and fun opportunity. Um, I feel kind of like every time I get on uh, Zoom with you guys that I have like my little like art parents. <laughs> Like, asking me what I want and what I need, and which is a very, it's very special to me. And to come with, yeah, the appreciation of, like, what I'm willing to give. And, like, I know, you know, that we all collaborate well in, like, a social way, you know, which is really nice um, anyway. And so to have this extra layer of, like, working together. And this is a very new experience for me, and I was so happy to dive into, um yeah into the into the whole experience of it and I'm so lucky to have gotten that you know I feel like I feel like I've definitely gotten like the special treatment (laughs) a little bit (laughs) it's been lovely and it's it's such an honor for me to see you know you who have known for uh such a long time to like once again go into like full cancer mode and and get like shit done hell yeah like fully (laughs) every time it's so cool and the two of you as a team I love it's been very interesting to receive support in in the by way of you don't need to have these things finished and we want 
things that are in process. I was definitely, I'm, I'm generally quite ready to share like vulnerability, but it was definitely also asked for and invited, which is really cool um, and valued. This whole project really coincided with a time in my life where I was, where I was like starting to learn about valuing what I already have and what I can already give. And so that was really cool about um, this project and the fact that it's just, it literally is like walking into my bedroom for me and um i think the intimacy that you know we've cultivated in these meetings and there's time is like really special especially in like the artist world you know where it's it can be very personal and very sad and you know very like boxed in and so to work with two other people um on like building a space for my art has been really interesting thank you for all your words that's so like heartwarming <laughs> to hear and I really appreciate as well the idea of like you know creating and being boxed in and it's like what I've loved is that you've brought this work which has its own life outside of this exhibition that we're creating but I feel like I'm seeing it in so many new lights as well and it's like every time that we play with certain mm. things or have like a different conversation we're almost reinvigorating totally. Um, totally this work which is like such an honor Mm -mm -mm. to be a part of no absolutely i agree it's been brought to completely different dimensions so lucky yeah me too (laughs) well thank you thank you for this conversation i appreciate you energy i love you so much thank you for having me thank you for being here over and out (laughs) i feel like i shouldn't end it like this but i'm going to Hey everyone, it's Chloe jumping in here to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. If you don't know who I am, I'm part of the Sibling Collaborative team and I also edit this podcast, so I do hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy this conversation and you want to talk to us about something you're passionate about, get in touch. We're always looking for new collaborators. Our stunning podcast art was designed by Honor Grace. You can find her and her illustration work on Instagram at Honor Grace. The theme music was made by Millie, aka Pasta Kebab. And you can find her on Instagram at Pasta Kebab. She's a DJ and producer and she's part of Kite Hill Records, a record label who run events and are doing amazing work. So check them out on Instagram. That's at Kite Hill Records. You can find us on Instagram at sibling.collab or head to our website. It's siblingcollaborative.co.uk. Thanks again for listening, everyone. See you next time.